the language of the universe. But I don't understand it. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Math and Physics podcast. I'm your host, Parker. And I am Ray, and we welcome you to episode 34, where today, very, very, very exciting, New because series we announced alert. this, I think, 10 or 11 episodes ago, history of physics. History of physics. We are starting a yep. new series. Uh, we talked about this a little bit in a previous episode, and so what we're going to do is uh, each of us has picked a physicist or mathematician uh, mm -hmm. from the past that has that has influenced the field very very heavily right and uh, so obviously the two names are already in the title we're gonna make it all nice we're gonna say history of physics dash and then the the, the two names the that two we names I mean do we really have to keep it a surprise though I think I mean they've already seen the name yeah I mean I'm just I'm just explaining it those times. okay <laughs> so yeah, so today I picked Isaac Newton because he is just the founding father of classical mechanics and calculus, sure. and we're going to get into that 100%. That's and, true. And uh, yeah, who did and you today pick? And today I picked Richard Feynman, who, not the founding fathers, but one of the important, very important people relating to quantum mechanics, and mm -hmm. one of my inspirations, actually, when I was a kid, so yeah. yeah. So we just want to apologize as well. We were supposed to post on Saturday, but on Friday, we actually had mm -hmm. a 24-hour calculus mm -hmm. exam. And so we postponed the recording to the day after. And yep. then we're going to post this on Monday. So this is coming out on Monday, 10 a.m. Yep. Um, so yeah, I mean, unless we have another midterm, we're probably not going to do this again. We're going to post next Saturday yeah, as every well. Every Saturday, every Saturday. Yeah, um, we have a fire interview coming up Ooh. this Saturday. We already have it uh, planned out. It's going to be awesome. If you guys are into the YouTube math community, you guys are going to love this interview. Um, yeah, I so, think it's pretty cool, for sure. Yeah, stay tuned, everybody. Also, quick update. Quick, quick update. 1,300 followers. Let's go. Oh. Um, yeah, we're probably going to hit 1500, um, in the next two weeks. So that's oh, gonna be okay. Okay. Relax with that. Two weeks. Yeah. I mean, we usually, we get about a hundred per week. So, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. That's been, that's the, that, that's been the Aye, trend so far. That, that, that's something cool. Yeah. That's going to be awesome. So that's going to be crazy. All right. Let's, uh, let's get into it. Do you want to start or should I start? Uh, you, you, you can go for it. Classical mechanics comes first, I guess. All right. All right. Let's start this. So, let's start this. So Isaac Newton. Also, quick Ooh. disclaimer, okay? Obviously, most of our information is coming from Wikipedia because that is the, <laughs> the, greatest, the greatest resource of all time. <laughs> but uh, we're going to try as hard as we can to not just read off of the website. We're going to present the information and then talk about it. Yeah. Give, give our own personal experiences, opinions. Mm -hmm. um, to be... So, yeah, to be honest, though, like a lot of my Richard Feynman stuff, uh, I couldn't really get from Wikipedia because, you know, how Wikipedia, especially when it's a little scientific, how it goes crazy scientific, yeah, yeah, that's true. like pretty hard. So I literally couldn't really understand Wikipedia. <laughs> so not Wikipedia for me, but I did use other other sources for sure. So All right. disclaimer. Yep. So let's get into it. If you didn't know, 
Um, back in the 17th century, the calendar was a bit different. And so the dates that I'm going to be presenting are the old style dates and not the new style dates. So they're the dates Is, before wait, they changed the wasn't calendar. Wasn't it like Julian and old Julian? Or yeah, something like that. Like that. Yes, yeah, but Isaac Newton was actually born on Christmas Day. Sixteen forty-two, take that in. All right. Quick little side note, by the way, I'm pretty sure this might like I know this is true for some pair of people, right? So mm-hmm. the day that Albert Einstein died was the same day of the year that Stephen Hawking was born. No, 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 no. Other some, way around. Other Albert way around. Einstein was born on Pi Day. Stephen Hawking died on Pi Day. Okay, which yeah. Is 14th there you go. March. There you go. Yeah. Something so that's like, a yeah, little, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a little anecdote right there. Yeah, okay. I, I, th- I think that's actually pretty cool. I think that's really, <laughs> yeah, really that, cool. that is cool. I mean, I mean, it's not cool, but you know. I mean, okay, okay, sorry, sorry. Not <laughs> not cool, but it's a, I mean, it's an interesting coincidence. Yeah. I also, think, yeah. another another um, anecdote is uh, on Pi Day. When the like the day that Stephen Hawking died, I was actually at um, the observatory uh, in London. I forget what it's called. Oh, what? I forget what it's called. What's the? Oh yeah, wait, is the Greenwich right? Isn't it? Wait, let me let, let me Google this. Observatory. No wait, I'm thinking about something else. Anyways, okay. <laughs> I'm not even, I'm not gonna search this up, but yeah, or, there's an or observatory sure. again. The big disclaimer. <laughs> yeah, there's an observatory in London. Uh, with like these cool like old telescopes and all these things and it's it's on the meridian so yeah i'm pretty sure it's called the green witch something like that but um yeah i was there the day that that's, uh that's cool stephen that's hawking cool. died okay <laughs> moving on <laughs> moving on 25th Isaac of december 1642 he was born okay one thing i just want to note is that you, you got to put yourself in the mindset of a person living at that time, okay? You you're going to class. You 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 go to quote unquote physics class, but taking you're not learning like F equals MA because that has yet to <laughs> appear. The guy okay? made, who made it had doesn't even exist yet. Taking the nowadays the first thing you learn in a physics class is F equals MA. But back I then, mean, try to think. Yes. yes. Try to think. The like most of the things you're doing is just like like aristotelian like philosophy slash like just natural observations okay so so there's a lot of uh like analytics stuff that just didn't exist back then Mm -hmm. so newton's early life all right he he was um you know living in london at the time and um he like he didn't I don't think he he left London at any point. But anyways. No idea. He, he was no enrolled. Idea whatsoever. <laughs> I'm I don't not, think I'm not really asking you. Though. I'm just saying. Yeah, okay. Um yep. so yeah, he was enrolled in a school called uh called King's School, right? And this was in Grantham. This was just a town, right? And uh he actually was pulled out of school at the age of 12. His mom Ooh. took him out. His mom's like, "All right, you're gonna become a farmer," because I guess that's what that's what people <laughs> did back then. They didn't really value school as much as it is valued today, mm-hmm. um, which makes sense. But you know, Newton hated farming. He thought it was absolutely horrendous. 
so his um his uncle who's actually a graduate of the university of cambridge he saw that newton was a bright mind he was like man he he's got like he's got a lot of potential so he convinced his mom he's like he's like yo okay we gotta we gotta send him back to school he's gonna he's gonna achieve some great things so his mom was persuaded his mom just let him go back to school and so he went back yeah, and that to uncle yeah that uncle <laughs> saved our lives literally <laughs> that <laughs> uncle you, made everything possible if you think about it literally um so yeah he went back to school and uh he graduated, uh, like, I don't know if it's called primary school or whatever, secondary school. He graduated the, the school that you went to in the 1600s. And <laughs> then he got into Cambridge, Cambridge University. Um, so by the time he, he got to Cambridge, he had to work as a, uh, a valet, right, to pay off his studies. But, um, very very soon into his stay at Cambridge, um, he was awarded with a four-year, uh, what's it called, scholarship. Oh, there so we every, go. everything was paid for. So once he once he actually graduated, wait, there's one there's one thing I'm um I forgot to piece together. It was when the the plague happened. Oh. Um. Because his school actually closed during the plague. And so that's when he went home. You know, obviously he's, he can't do anything during, during the plague. It, kind of like our situation right now, right? He, he, was in, um, he was in a pandemic. He had to stay home and just Ooh, kind nice of... relation to modern yeah, times. <laughs> exactly. So he went home and that's when he actually had um, his biggest enlightenments to you know up to his his uh what am i what's the word i'm looking for his, his biggest achievements yeah right yeah um so this was during the plague of uh 1665 that's when the school closed now notice notice i said 1665 newton was 23 years old okay <laughs> <laughs> so just keep this that guy, in mind he, he was 23 years guy. old during the next two years okay that he was at home, just bored, working on his his uh, his self studies and all that. He essentially invented calculus. He it he made great advancements in the field of optics, and he he came up with the law of gravitation, the, oh the law my. of universal gravitation. Mind this guy's you, twenty three. <laughs> mind you, he was just chilling at home. Just uh, you know, writing things down, and he came up with uh, with all these crazy advancements. Like what? Like imagine us during the summer, we just invent like some new field of math, and then we come up, we come back to school the next the next year, and you're like, oh yeah, by the way, um, here you go, you're welcome. That's your syllabus. This is next. how you connect quantum mechanics years. and and general relativity. <laughs> Yo, this guy, this guy was very 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 cool for sure. Especially yeah, he, in his time, Newton was, like, regarded as a god, right? Like, there were so many debates with, like, Newton and other people of his time mm -hmm. where he would simply win the debate over no scientific reason given, that's but right. simply because he was the more popular scientist. And that's so actually he, a problem, 
of the past. Yeah, yeah, it definitely was, definitely. Like, the, the scientific clout was definitely an <laughs> issue. If you were, like, well-known back in the day, you could essentially just be like, no, I'm right, and then, you know, end of discussion. So and I, I, I swear we uh, we read this some kind of debate like this, right? Sorry? Or we, we know of some kind of debate where Newton basically simply said no. And even though the opposing, uh, uh, you know, the opposing party had perfectly good scientific evidence of their fact, Newton simply said no and the rest of the world believed him because yeah, he was the more popular it, um, scientist. It's the debate of uh, particle versus wave for light. Oh, yes, yes. I'm pretty sure him. that's it. Oh, yeah, that was it. That was it, right? Uh, Newton... I don't remember what he thought, actually. Newton stuck with particle, right? Was I it? don't remember. This was like I this was a year ago. We talked. We we saw yeah, this. Yeah, we're in not class. okay. We're not exactly sure, but I think I'm pretty sure Newton stuck with particle, and I don't even remember the opposing person to be honest. But the other person was going with wave, and you know had crazy scientific evidence to back up back the fact that light was a wave. Because it, you know, exhibited wave-like properties, but Newton simply said, "No, that's wrong," and okay, so yeah. it just wasn't addressed. Okay, yeah. So I, I just searched this up. So he, Newton did think that uh, light could only be explained uh, if it was made of particles. Ah, okay. And taken yeah. how little, like, open-mindedness this reflected of his character, right? Because you had you had Huygens who was performing the double slit experiment and he's like the, the, this makes no sense hmm. right like i'm sending light and it's it's not producing just two two um two slits of light on the on the on the board it's producing this this interference pattern Mm -hmm. This is very good evidence, right? Yeah. <laughs> very compelling evidence that light is in fact a wave. But Noon just said, you know what? I don't think that fits with my ideology. And so... Um, that's it. Yeah. Game that's, over. Uh, that's my opinion on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you can actually... So um, this is just going back to the topic of uh, things that Newton did. Um, you can actually go on YouTube and there's... I think is I think this is a video with a number file. He went to like a, an archive and looked at original documents of like Newton's journals of when he was stuck at home and he was just you know writing things and it, the notation Wait, he was they, using. They show this in on YouTube. Yeah, they showed it on YouTube. It's what? it's it's very interesting. That's insane. Yeah, and. So they they had like the documentation of him yeah. describing like infinitely small increments, and you know of course he wasn't using uh, Leibniz notation <laughs> because <laughs> if you don't know this they were pretty much rivals. He was and, using the F prime notation, right? Right. He was using the yeah. prime notation mm -hmm. while Leibniz was using the d by dx notation, and so he was he was using Q and P like uh, lowercase q and lowercase p to denote um, basically dy and dx. And so he went through the equations, right? He, he, was, he was deriving equations for uh, the derivatives of functions by substituting x for x plus q and y for y plus p. And then, you know, he came to the conclusion that uh, 
well, he, he was solving derivatives. It, it took a lot of, uh, a lot of algebra to go through, right? He didn't have the power rule and the, the, the chain rule and all that. So he, what he was doing is he was discovering derivatives one at a time. Like, think about that for one second. That's pretty. Imagine that's, you're, that's you're sitting at your desk and you're like, okay, I see that x squared becomes 2x. And I see that x to the third power becomes 3x squared. And he was trying to piece together this puzzle of writing derivatives eloquently. And same thing goes for integration as well, which is people think that uh, integration was made before. Yeah, I was actually just going to say that. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, he started with integration, right? Yeah, I mean... There's a lot of. I think. Uh, I think. I'm, I mean, I'm. I'm not sure, but I think yeah. I heard that. Somewhere. Not. Not that much. We can. There's not much we can say for certain because this was, mm-hmm. you know, almost 400 years ago. So, information gets lost, and people hear things and stick to it. So the truth kind of gets bent in that way. But mm-hmm. nonetheless, he 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 invented calculus. <laughs> so <laughs> it's also kind of like the. Uh, like the apple falling on his head thing, you know? Yeah. Like no one really knows if that's true. A lot of people say that he saw an apple fall. Some people say an apple fell on his head. Some people say that was never even the case. He just came up with, an, with a law for it. So, you know, because it was so long ago, like there's just not enough concrete evidence for what exactly happened. So, yeah, so not exactly unfortunately, sure. I will burst the bubble here. Oh. Uh, a lot of people think that Newton was sitting under a tree, an apple fell on his head, and he just, you know, the the equation for gravitation just popped into his head. He's like, oh my god, <laughs> GMM over R squared. That, like, <laughs> Impossible. You know, unfortunately, that is not how that happened. <laughs> but the the reality is that a lot of a lot of mathematical and experimental work has went into discovering that law. And uh, it's not a result of just watching an apple fall off a tree. Unfortunately, yeah, sure. that would for be sure. that would be a, an amazing story if it actually was true. Um. So yeah, we're. I mean, we're coming up at around halfway through the podcast, but I can say one more thing on Isaac Newton. Okay. Um, classical mechanics. I did mention this in the beginning of the podcast that F equals M A. That is. The second law, right? Newton's second law. Yeah. Uh, first law is inertia. And the third law is every action has equal and opposite reaction. If you can understand those three laws fundamentally, you will pretty much... Um, you like. I'm not saying you'll be good at physics if you just <laughs> understand those laws, but... Like I'd say, you'll like have a 80, good understanding. Yeah, like 80 percent of physics is just is just kind of kind of wrapping your head around what is actually happening happening in this in this physical world. Mm-hmm. And so, if you think about what forces actually are, like when you when you when you push on a wall, and you feel the wall pushing back on you, think about what's happening there. Think about how the wall isn't accelerating, and you know, th- mm-hmm. these are just <laughs> these yeah. are just casual little experiments you can do, I guess. But um, 
Yeah, I always think about when I walk, when like when I'm walking, I don't. Okay, that's kind of a lie. I don't always think about. You this, don't always but... think about that. I was just <laughs> yeah. gonna say, there's no way. <laughs> Sometimes I think about this. I'll be walking, and I'm I'm thinking my foot is applying the same amount of force pushing backwards that the that the earth is pushing on my body and that's what ca- that's what's causing me to move forward but anyways that is just a sure. little i don't <laughs> sure. know why you think about that every i don't know i don't know why i would think about that <laughs> it's just Such uh, a random thing man <laughs> i mean it, it's 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 newton's third law every, every <laughs> it's a pretty important law for sure every action like when you when you jump off of the earth you're actually moving the mm-hmm. center of mass higher up, you know, to where you are between you and the earth. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you're actually, you're actually pushing the earth away from you. Not, mm-hmm. you're not, you're not just moving away from the earth. The earth is moving, it's, sorry, is moving away from you at the same, yep. at the same, uh, not the same rate. What am I trying to well, say? Well, technically, with the same force that you push yeah. down on it, with the, the same, same force, force that you're going up, you push down on oh, it. Oh, so technically the same momentum, right? Yeah, you can kind of say it like the same impulse, like the change. Yeah, yeah for right. sure. Okay, right. so now getting into Richard Feynman. So Richard Feynman, uh, again, I, I think I already said this, but Richard Feynman was actually kind of childhood inspiration, mainly because uh, on YouTube... There are many Richard Feynman videos, and obviously, I, as a kid, I wouldn't really watch the physics ones, but I used to watch a lot of his videos where he just explains just concepts, and there's this one video on YouTube that I basically recommend everyone should watch to really appreciate the character of Richard Feynman. The video is literally called Richard Feynman Why? where he basically explains why it is so hard to answer a question that begins with the word why. Why does this happen? Well, there's so many ways to answer. Uh, Anyways, he explains it in such a good way, I can't really do it justice, but it's definitely worth watching. So Richard Feynman, why? You really get to know his character. And he's a funny guy, he's a cool guy, but another big reason for why I really... I really love him is his teaching skills if you watch like a Richard Feynman video of any of his lectures you'll see the way he teaches is so phenomenal and so so simplistic without getting too difficult that it's kind of like unparalleled with any other teaching experience I just think Richard Feynman is a really cool guy basically and he has a Sorry? lot of uh, he has a lot of lectures up on YouTube. Yeah, he right? does. He does on YouTube, which is kind of surprising considering like when was he born? Uh, nineteen eighteen. Yeah, died nineteen eighty eight. <laughs> so obviously YouTube wasn't around, but there was video. Yeah, but that's kind of surprising that his lectures were like caught on film. Yeah, I know, right? Like that's <laughs> that's very impressive. Yeah. I mean, that back in the like probably what maybe nineteen sixties where he was uh, being recorded. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I mean, not that the quality is like 1080p, but it's not terrible, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Okay. Come so to, come to yeah. think of it. Yeah. Um, wait, when did, when did Albert Einstein die? He died after the war. He died like 19, 
1930, he got a Nobel Prize. He died like 35 or something, right? No, or he 40? was alive during the war. So he died after the war. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, like 19... Yeah, that's true. Past 1945. But anyways, if you think about it, if you do the math in your head real quick, mm-hmm. Richard Feynman was already like, like 20, 30 years old by the time that, that Einstein died. Like, imagine mm-hmm. being in, in that position right now. Like, you yeah, know no, that... He was, he was actually mentored by Albert Einstein. He, he sat in oh, a lot actually. of his classes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, they actually... No, so, basically, I mean, as I was going to get to in a little bit of his... A uh, little bit of his history, he was a very, very smart guy as a kid. Like, very smart. To the point where he was, like, winning the world math competitions and, oh, you wow. know, impressing so many people around the world. To the point where uh, even Albert Einstein met him, basically. Damn. Yeah, so uh, anyway, that's really cool. So Albert Einstein, quick fact check, born 1979, died 1955. So yeah, just after, uh, a little after the war. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that's pretty cool that uh, Feynman and Einstein were also kind of, you know, with each other, talking to each other a lot and stuff like that. Because a lot of their... I mean, I'm not sure about which ones, obviously, but a lot of Feynman's, you know, principles in quantum mechanics is kind of something that Albert Einstein rejected, right? Because Albert did not, or Einstein did not uh, even believe in the idea of quantum mechanics. So it was kind of like a fun thing there. But anyways, so a little bit of a backstory before we get into what Feynman did to really change the scientific world. So he had a younger sister and I, I I think this is a pretty cool story. He had a younger sister, I think uh, eight or nine years younger than him. And um, his mother did not believe that the sister could achieve anything. So she basically only endorsed Richard Feynman and, you know, only (laughs) said, oh, you can do great things. You can do great things. That's kind of, it's kind of sad. But now here's where the awesome part comes in. Richard was so nice to his younger sister that he actually helped her study go through school, go through college to the point where in like in her later stages, she became an astrophysicist. Oh, so I think that's crazy. Mother was like, you're not getting you're not achieving anything. Astrophysicist. Yeah, I think that's that is, pretty cool. That's a, that's a nice story. Yeah, that's 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 definitely uh, that's definitely really impressive. And very similar to Newton before he, uh, you know, like when I say very similar, I mean, like just very smart at a very young age. Before he went to college, he thought of the idea of the half derivative or like fractional calculus where, you know how we can take the second and third derivative. What if we can take the half derivative of a function and turns out there is an operator like that? Yeah. So he was just imagining and basically he made up his own set and his own theory for how to solve fractional calculus. And I think that was very impressive. This was before college. This is before he was in college. High school? Like, that's, that's crazy. That is insane. I don't even, listen, I, I've watched like, I think a couple of videos on fractional calculus. Mm-hmm. And I've retained nothing. Like, I, 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 don't, I don't know what a half derivative even represents. I know, it's a, definitely a hard concept to get around. <laughs> what about yeah, like I'm not, complex? I'm not too sure either. <laughs> what about complex derivatives? <laughs> <laughs> okay 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 we're not we're not getting there we're not getting there <laughs> that's a little that's a little too complicated for now yeah so other things that he achieved 
was he, uh, I think, uh, again, I did mention this. He, you know, aced many math competitions around the world, the Putnam exam, the New York University math competition for which he was recognized, you know, by people and by colleges, by universities, to the point where he got into MIT for his undergraduate. But also very kind of sad story here. He originally applied to Columbia, where he was rejected because they already uh, had the total number of Jewish people that they wanted what? for the year. Yeah, so they didn't take him in. That's and he whack. went to MIT. <laughs> Taken, they lost Richard Feynman because of <laughs> this, this. I mean, obviously, times were different back no then. No way. But that's crazy. That's crazy. So in college, he actually kind of shifted a lot. He started with a math major, and then he went on to electrical engineering all the way to the other side. And then he said, I want to find some common middle ground. So he chose physics. <laughs> so this was kind of quote unquote, he wanted like somewhere in between. <laughs> so he chose physics, I guess. And after graduating from MIT, he got his PhD at Princeton, where he wrote his doctoral thesis, The Principle of Least Action in Quantum Mechanics. What about, this, uh, what about and, Masters? Oh, uh, I think he just did at, at Princeton. I, I'm not okay. sure if he did like separate things. All right. Do you have to do separate master of PhD? Because I'm, I'm, no, I, I don't, know that some people kind of do it in one, no? I don't think it's necessary. Yeah, so I think, no, because all the information I could find about him was he did his uh, undergraduate here, and then he graduated from Princeton with a PhD. That's, that's it. Okay. So I'm just assuming yeah, he, like, he did his PhD at Princeton, right? So this paper, The Principle of Least Action in Quantum Mechanics, is kind of what put Richard Feynman on the map. You know, it's kind. It's what got professors around the world looking at this thesis and just being like, whoa, this is crazy. Because what he formulated, I'm, I'm not going to talk too much about it because I'm going to go into it when I'm talking about like the science part of it. But he formulated something known as the path integral formulation of quantum mechanics. Now, don't get too confused. I'm going to explain everything just in a bit. And he also showed something very important that today we call Feynman diagrams. Also very important, once again, in quantum mechanics. A little more interesting aside was that uh, as he was, wh while he was studying in Princeton, even without his graduate degree, he was recruited for the Manhattan Project, where he was actually helping quite a lot on, you know, making, I think he was responsible for making a uranium hydride bomb, but then that was too expensive or something like that. So he was doing a lot of work in that too. So yeah, I mean, all in all, he was a pretty, was a pretty busy guy, I think. He did a lot of things for sure. Very, very, very smart guy. But now for the fun part, the scientific contributions. What did he contribute to modern science? Well, he contributed a lot. So I'm the first thing, it. as I said, right, <laughs> path integral. So the path integral, easiest way to say this. Let's say there's a point A in space. There's a point B in space. What is the probability that a particle in in point A will move to point B after some amount of time. Now, classically speaking, right, just with Newton's laws of mechanics, you can just use the velocity of the particle, the forces on the particle, and you can tell it's going to take this much time. But with quantum mechanics, there's not just one path that this particle can take. And I think we've said this many times, right? Superposition, multiple states. But because of that, it can be in multiple places at the same time. And because of that, it can take 
infinite, infinitely many paths from point A to point B. So what Feynman came up with was a way to summarize. So summarize all the paths taken from point A to point B to get one consistent answer. Whether the, like the probability of the particle from point A moving to point B in some time. So this, this process was obviously not known to many people because they didn't, you know, you know that you can just sum up all the probabilities. And what he did and how he did it was very simply, of course, but very complicated to us, but very simply for him and completely revolutionized what we call science because the path integral is a very important mathematical tool. And I'm not saying, he, I, I don't think he came up with the integral itself, but he definitely came up with the idea of how to, you know, sum up all the paths and then kind of take that integral. And that was his idea. And I think that's really, really interesting. Again, very, very applicable in quantum mechanics. Mm -hmm. Another do, cool thing was sorry, Feynman sorry, diagrams. Do, do we learn path integrals yeah. in math first or in physics? That is a fantastic question. <laughs> um, TBD. I mean, it would make sense to learn it in math, though. Even though yeah. it is highly applicable in physics. Because I, mean, I think, you know, all you really need to know is integration. And then if you just have to apply it in a certain way. Yeah. Yeah. Learn I mean, that in physics. that's the basic idea. But like, I can definitely kind of already see a proof in my head forming, oh, you know, <laughs> something like for all paths, the path <laughs> integral is defined by this. Or something like that. So like, I, I, I think to be honest, we might see it in math. I'm, I'm not actually sure, but. It would be really cool to definitely see a path integral because I don't think Parker and I know exactly what that is as of this nope. moment. Nope. <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> okay, so Feynman diagrams are another very important part of quantum mechanics. Again, as I said, Feynman is basically a quantum god. Like he is just ma mainly focused in quantum mechanics, quantum electrodynamics, quantum chromodynamics. All quantum quantum <laughs> is basically his field. So Feynman diagrams is a simple way to represent interactions of particles. Simply two particles interacting with each other, like two electrons. You know, if two electrons are near each other, what happens? So they actually exchange a certain particle. What particle is that? How do you show it? Feynman diagrams. Feynman diagrams are the, a very, very basic tool to represent quantum behavior. That's basically, I think, a very pretty simple way to put it. It's, the, it's a way to represent how subatomic particles move and how they interact with each other. And obviously over time, it's, it's mainly all over time. Mm -hmm. Another very, very awesome thing, he's done so many awesome things, <laughs> where, for which he won his Nobel Prize for was quantum electrodynamics, which is kind of like the interaction between light and matter. Now, I don't want to go too deep into QED itself because I think it's a very complicated subject and requires a whole new video itself and also but, yeah if you but he basically learn, won the nobel prize for that yeah sorry continue. yeah if you want to learn more about quantum electrodynamics he actually wrote a book called qed yeah the strange yeah. theory of light and matter mm -hmm. um so yeah you can this was actually recommended to us by our quantum mechanics our quantum professor right? yeah yeah did um, he not also uh, recommend the Feynman lectures which is also a book i believe uh or, yeah, no, the Feynman lectures are basically like textbooks. Yeah, it's basically like a textbook, right, of all yeah. the stuff that he does. Yeah. 
And that's that's just insane. That's just insane. Yeah, and you can actually buy those. They're three hundred dollars at Chapters. Oh my! I saw it once. <laughs> oh my! Yeah. Three hundred dollars. Yeah. Wait. For, and, the, and there's three oh, books. Wow. There's three volumes. Oh oh, so all three volumes for three hundred bucks. Yeah, that's right. I mean that's the. I mean that's not too bad for a textbook actually. Yeah, that's you, not too you can bad. probably find them uh, like used or something cheaper. What if you can just yeah. find like an online version? download pdf <laughs> you can. pdf and link no you, <laughs> link you can below. they're they're it's actually um it's actually public domain you can find them online like there's oh. a there's a website with with all the all the lectures on physics oh wow that's Feynman's wow so that's definitely physics. recommended for anyone who's interested in seeing this guy and knowing more about him but again like definitely recommended to i mean i i think most people know isaac newton <laughs> I, I, I don't think that has to be really reiterated but a lot of people really don't know who Richard Feynman is. And I think for those of you who are slightly or a little interested in, you know, physics or particle physics will definitely enjoy him so much. Very, very, very cool guy. For yeah. Sure. And just to drop the link, it's uh, it's just FeynmanLectures.caltech.edu and all the volumes are up there. And they, they also include uh, like photos. But you got to buy it from there, right? Eh? No, no, like it's 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 like published just, online. Oh, just download PDF? Not even. It's it's like you just you click on the volume, you click on the chapter, and it's Ooh, just like it's all, all there. Of, yeah, it's all there. Oh, that's that's very interesting. That's cool. Yeah, that is cool. So you can if if you want to learn more, like Feynman has literally done lectures on everything, you know, from yeah. from probabilities to space time to quantum mechanics Feynman's to insane. everything. Absolutely you can insane. you can go online go to his lectures um they're not like lectures they're just they're called lectures but it's just like his mm -hmm. textbooks his his writings and you can just learn about basically anything <laughs> basically any part of quantum mechanics not it no not even qu quantum mechanics just physics like oh point. yeah he basically also talks a lot about just physics in general yeah that's actually true even though he did most of his work in quantum mechanics he's just as i said just a fantastic teacher in general, you know, like, again, if you watch his videos, just, just phenomenal. Like I, is he just the charisma that he has when he comes on and when mm -hmm. he's talking, like you don't see that in many teachers now or any teachers nowadays. Like that is, that is, <laughs> that's like not entirely sheer... true. Okay. 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 Sorry. Sorry. Not any, but you don't see that in many teachers nowadays. Like yeah. you see that in a few teachers. Like that, you know, that excitement, that charisma when he comes on and it just, I don't know, it's just very enjoyable to even watch. So. All right. So, um, yeah, that kind of concludes our first episode on the history of physics. Ooh, let We're us definitely know if you liked gonna... it and let us know also if you want us to do any specific people because um, yeah. we have some people in, uh, in mind for the next few episodes. But if mm -hmm. you guys have any recommendations, put it in YouTube comments, email instagram parker will tell you the that's whole right so um email uh uft.math.physics at gmail.com instagram is math.physics.podcast uh make sure to leave a comment on youtube or send us an email or you can also leave a review anywhere you're listening to this make sure to follow on spotify anywhere else you would like uh, I'm going to drop the link to the Feynman lectures in Ooh, the sure. description of this podcast. I'm actually also going to drop the Richard Feynman Y video. 
I'm telling yeah. you that's so worth it. Yeah, we'll, we'll, so we'll worth definitely it. link it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll see you on Saturday with a fire interview. Um, so, yeah, this has been episode number 34 of the Math and Physics podcast. I'm your host, Parker. And I'm Ray. And we will see you soon. All right. Peace.